Here comes Hot Rod Charlie Unleashed, and Mandaloon comes through with a smart move, and these two will fight it out. Hot Rod Charlie, oh, taking and losing the rider was Midnight Bourbon in mid-stretch. It's Hot Rod Charlie, Mandaloon, Mandaloon, Hot Rod Charlie, here's the line. Photo finish in the TVG.com. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared, who had advice on racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta. There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to. So next time that the horses all line up at the post, make sure you use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Goldstream Parks, and Matoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one site to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. What is up, up here, world? He's Aaron Alterman. This is Blinkers Off. What's up, man? What's going on, man? Yeah, I told the people in Rocket R, I said, you're not going to believe this, but racing, or uh, racing dudes, Blinkers Off will be in the afternoon. So here we are. It's 2 o'clock where we live, 3 o'clock Eastern time. We're here, man. I'm pumped. We have a, a, a show, a really good show. Going to get angry during the show a couple times. It should be fun. Yeah, I mean, what... Have we missed anything since the last time we were on? I mean, I don't feel like anything's happened major. Um, you know, nothing nothing crazy. Pretty much a very standard Haskell. Um, Bob Baffert, I mean, we've taken care of him, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't understand what kind of issues have we've missed. I, I think we've kind of, it's been kind of quiet, right? Yeah, yeah. I almost died Friday, and after that, it's all been downhill from there. So <laughs> it's been crazy crazy situation yeah we'll get into the haskell later it's got its own segment that'll be fun um saratoga was great uh great opening weekend there great opening weekend at del mar only getting better from here only getting better we got uh well maybe not this weekend at del mar but or uh, saratoga but after that uh, so yeah we got a lot to look forward to did you say you almost died friday well, I mean, alcohol poisoning, maybe. No, I didn't. I didn't have to go to the hospital. I did. It's, pass, it's a real thing, right? I didn't really pass out. I just tripped in the Wendy's parking lot on the way home. And you know, those sidewalks are kind of messed up. I know, so. I know exactly the Wendy's you're talking about. And I yeah, know exactly. I tripped and I, I landed in the grass and I just kind of was like, yeah, y'all go. I'll catch up. I'm, I need a little rest. Um, yeah, it's good night. Gaffney's. Holy shit, dude. Gaffney's. It's rocking right now at Saratoga. It's it's you, insane. You failed to mention this story to me about you falling over. I, I did. No, I felt well. Here's what happened. This is the honest to God truth, and I, I probably shouldn't say this because this involves people that maybe didn't want want this story to be told. But I was fine. Now I was mm-hmm. drunk, but I was fine. I could walk, right? And my my uh, uncle, or I guess Heather's uncle, my uncle as well now. He kind of like stumbled and fell into me, and then I fell down. So, <laughs> oh, blame it, blame it on Uncle P. I got it. Okay. He grabbed me, to, and he got stabilized, but he's a lot stronger than me, like most people, and I fell. And by the time I fell, I was like, just go on. I, I can't do it anymore. So, 
yeah. and you were in no condition to, to be stable right there. No, I was not going to stabilize anyone. No, no. <laughs> so what he did, he let me shove him once I, and we were even, you know, so <laughs> light, light, a light breeze could have knocked you down that night. I'm sure. So that's true. Um, yeah, I cannot wait to be back. Um, We'll be back for the Whitney uh, in two weeks. So, or you'll be back. I'll be there for the first time in two years. So, uh, you definitely have set the stage um, for me. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> if they're if we're allowed back after you being there, but I, I cannot wait. Yeah, no, they're definitely gonna allow us back. I spent enough money to support the place for a while, uh, especially <laughs> the Paddock Bar and Gaffney's. But uh, no, listen, it. Hey, we're uh, gonna see a hell of a Whitney too, by the way. Uh, the Whitney's gonna be amazing. Listen, this was. This was a hell of a lot of fun because it just felt, and I, 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 you use this expression sometimes and it's bullshit, but now it really, like you step into the track and it's like, wow, I'm, I'm back home. You really get that feeling because Saratoga has so many little niches and knacks and things that is unique to just that track. And so it feels like your own in a way. So when you walk in there, it's like, wow, I can't believe that a, we missed a whole year of this and B that we're back, you know, and, and back. And it felt just like a normal Saratoga day because it is, you know, and, and you and Ricky did the uh, trackside grill, the, the, the yep. handicapping, uh, uh, presser there before the, the day and we'll be doing that again for, before the Whitney uh, I don't I have no idea you tell me when to show up is it are we going to be there on Saturday the Sat- yeah the so the, the great thing trackside grill just right across the street from the racetrack uh very very friendly owners over there uh, really good food too we had we they, they gave us lunch they gave us beers uh you know so it was great they got that they got the party started my first uh, beer came at the trackside grill uh nice. can of Miller Lite you can't beat that yeah so come back for the Whitney it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the first seminar, uh, Ricky and I, like I said, we did opening day. It was great. Uh, the Whitney should be even better because that card is just amazing. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure to check that out on uh, Whitney Saturday. All right. We've got a big show here. Obviously, we have uh, a little bit to talk about. In the ha- so much to talk about in the Haskell because it's not just like a weird thing that happened. Obviously, it's some very good horses, some very big implications uh, possibly moving forward. We're going to have a whole segment on that. So we'll get into the Haskell. If you're staying tuned for that, you'll want to listen to that. If you will have CCA Oaks coverage, even though uh, it's four horses, Malthot's two to five. I mean, it's basically like, here's this, she's here and she's going to romp. But we're going to talk mm-hmm. about the race and we're going to do some rapid fire as well. But before we get into any of that, best thing you saw today. You know, I'm going to go with what's happening with Oklahoma and college football right now. Heavy rumors that Oklahoma and Texas are trying to get into the SEC. And I think it's the best thing I saw today because I'm so sick of our home game schedule in the conference that we're in. The Big 12 is so terrible. I am so sick of our fans bragging about winning this horseshit conference every year. (laughs) Like it's an accomplishment. That is not an accomplishment for Oklahoma to win that. It's just not. You're never going to convince me that it is. You're never going to convince me that Iowa State is a legit college football program. They're not. Sorry, Paul. I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't care that we can beat Iowa State. I want to get in the SEC. I want to, you know, finally get home games again against teams that matter. So I am uh, I'm very excited about that news. Yeah, you know, it's uh, to me, I, I'm I'm with you on the same. It's kind of the same line because it's uh, it just feels. I don't know what it is. Why? Well, I guess it's just different because if you know, I know COVID. If you live in where we live, COVID is still very much a thing. But for the, a lot of the country, COVID is it, we're starting on the back end of it. And 
I'm just pumped to be like getting closer to fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're obviously getting close to August um, with the drafts, the fantasy drafts, and things of that nature coming up. And just I miss like football to me. Obviously, the Chiefs trying to rebound off of that embarrassing loss to the Super Bowl. Of course, college football. And then also, just like a little tiny spoiler alert, we're about to launch a whole new side sports uh, website for racing dudes. And we have that on the site now, but it's kind of a kind of a, a shitty little version. But we're going to upgrade that vastly and extend our coverage on sports. Uh, more of that, more of that to come. But just being like we're like to me, like I, I just I, like the fact that we're because you know we love horse racing year round, but when it comes to the fall. It's really close between horse racing and Chiefs, horse racing and OU, yeah. um, and so to be able to cover that um, on both ends is—I mean—has has me excited. And of course, it's that time of the year, guys. You're going to hear more about me talking about Pat Mahomes on the on the podcast. So good, 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 good luck. <laughs> I like how you took that over completely. I just mentioned OU, SEC, Texas. You're like, yeah, Pat Mahomes. Can't wait for it. So that's. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neither can our listeners, I'm sure. <laughs> it's funny. I was talking to a. I actually was picking up uh, Chinese last night, and I was in the restaurant getting it, in the, and I had a chief shirt on. She's like, "Oh, you know, are you guys excited for the, you know, for the season?" Like, yeah, you know. And she's like, oh, "I'm going to the game. Uh, I, I think it's in October." And I was like, "Oh yeah, the, the Cowboys game." Because that's most people. Yeah. When they say when they say that, that's they're like, yeah, and I'm like, like, I was like, yeah. And she's like, I'm from Texas. I'm like, uh, you're a Cowboys fan. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, but I do love Pat because he's a Texas guy. And, uh, you know, and, and I'm like, okay, well, so it's funny that all these fans are going to be there for, for the Cowboys because that's what always happens. No matter how good oh, yeah. or bad the chiefs are when we, the Cowboys come to town, I mean, that's them and the Packers, um, are you, you know, Steelers are kind of like those na- nationwide fan bases. It really doesn't matter, but the Cowboys, especially obviously. So there's going to be a ton of them there, uh, but you know, like, it's kind of funny that they sort of still kind of like Pat, uh, even though they're they're root for the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. 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 Texas guy. They those, those the, the people in Texas, they usually stick with their guys. So I get it. Uh, I get it. It's going to be fun. Like I said, football season just around the corner. We're going to have a lot more coverage on the website of it as well uh, and its own separate thing. So that's that's going to be a lot of fun. No doubt about it. Yeah, Samich, uh, we were just talking about that yep. two-year-old race here uh, at Saratoga. But next, uh, Chad Brown, right? He's going to win this thing. Yeah, three minutes to post. Chad Brown has the number four expand the map, who was one to two. Never started. <laughs> one right. to two. Getting bet, like uh, Ricky said earlier, getting bet like Lady Eli or Sister Charlie, you know? So we'll see here. We'll see. Uh, we'll give yep. an update. Obviously, if you're if you're watching this with us live, your chances are you're probably watching Saratoga as well. So we mm-hmm. probably don't need to update you, but uh, we'll let you guys know what happens there if you're not. All right, today's show. Let's do it. We're gonna unpack last Saturday's controversial, to say the least, one million dollar Haskell Stakes at Monmouth Park, and we're gonna preview the 500K CCA Oaks at Saratoga and give some rapid fire selections for the rate the ra- the remaining stakes action this weekend at Del Mar and Saratoga. Let's. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention please. There has been a disqualification. Number four, Hot Rod Charlie, has been disqualified from first and placed last. Last Saturday, Monmouth Park sets the stage, of course, for the Haskell Stakes of winning your in for the Breeders' Cup Classic. It was all set up. We knew it going in. 
had the potential to, to kind of reveal a, a legit contender for the classic as a three-year-old, especially it got to the top of the stretch. It looked like that's exactly what we were about to get. Midnight bourbons there, hot rods, making his run mandaloon cuts the corner. They're all right there. And then it got crazy. <laughs> uh, you know, if you, you, you've seen it, uh, you know, hot rod cut, comes over, Clips Hill, uh, Midnight Bourbon clips Hills, Paco goes off, Midnight Bur- or, uh, Mandaloon and Hot Rod battle down the wire, Hot Rod wins, of course he gets taken down to last, Mandaloon now wins what poss- possibly could be a second win via DQ, so Mandaloon wins a Haskell, he's in the Breeders' Cup Classic, Hot Rod finishes last, but he won the race, let's... Let's just get it out there. Let's digest it. Let's break this race down. Well, first of all, it's it's definitely a DQ that was warranted. I, I mean, I don't think you can argue that this horse shouldn't have been taken down. The, the horse cut cut across too quick. Flavian Pratt cut across too quick. You now cut off uh, Midnight Bourbon, and then that was it. The horse fell, and and you cannot keep him up after that. You, you know, when a horse goes down in the stretch, and it's clear that another horse cut that horse off. You got. You have no other choice. So I don't have any problem with the DQ. I do think several things could have stopped this from happening. And you might be surprised. The more I watch this, I think the fault of the horse going down lies with Paco Lopez. I don't know what he was doing. He rounds the corner. He's looking behind himself more than he's looking ahead. He drifts over to Mandaloon. He drifts back over to Hot Rod Chart. He's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Flavian Pratt cuts him off. And if you watch, he doesn't immediately go down when he gets cut off. If all he had to do was just check that horse up straight back, and I don't think the horse would have went down. Now, could there still been a DQ? Could have been, hey, you cut me off. Maybe he re-rallies after that. And you say, yeah, you cost that horse position. Maybe. I don't think so, but maybe. But... All he had to do was just check off the heels. Instead, instead of trying to go straight back, it seemed like he tried to move out to the right to try to avoid it, and that's when the horse clipped the heels. I Listen, again, I, I don't disagree with the DQ. I think they had to do it, but I think Paco could have avoided this. I really do. Very easy for me to say, who's never rode a horse, you know, wasn't in that situation. I know it's a split-second decision. I'm just saying it seemed like if he just checks the horse straight back, he never would have went down. No, I mean, I mean, well, for one, I mean, Paco is, I mean, I'm not just like, he's notoriously known as being a very aggressive rider. We know this, like, yeah. it, it's no shock, shock that he's not going to, you know, uh, not going to pull him up. He, what should have happened, not, he, he, whenever he gets, whenever, like you say, when he, when, when, when Hot Rod comes over, he immediately should have just, backed up because it's his job now to take care of not only himself but of the horse you know the horse thank goodness midnight bourbon goes down to his knees but he's fine he's safe he's fine he's, he's gonna i mean nothing happened but it could have been awful his job is to pull him up and then like you say definitely gets reviewed you know maybe it doesn't maybe yeah. it does get dq'd ultimately either way but it, it saves the situation of a jockey going down, him going down, you know, what? Uh, it, it just, it, it, the optics of it made it that much worse. Yeah. That, that's the thing. And does it get reviewed? Yeah. Do they get, do they take that horse? You know, cause here's the deal. I think Midnight Bourbon was getting ready to be like clearly third in the race. Mm-hmm. Now 
he was gonna he was gonna be a decent normal midnight bourbon type of third where he's like four or five links behind and he ran really well but he's just not a match for the top two that 100 percent looked like what was gonna happen i don't see a, any world where midnight bourbon was gonna swing out to the outside of those two and pass them i, I just don't see it right so for my opinion if he doesn't fall down and he gets third and he had to check, well, they're going to go, well, that didn't cost that horse a placing. But obviously, it cost him a placing when he goes to his knees, the jockey falls off. I mean, obviously. You <laughs> yeah, then you, you have no choice. I'm with you. I mean, yeah. I, you, given what happened, I mean, what exactly happened, I, you had to DQ. The yeah. DQ had to happen, especially considering it was so close. And I even, I mean, it, it just, it made sense. It, it it sucks because it's hot rod has not caught a break. Um, yeah. and in, in what seems like a long time, obviously ran too good to lose in the Belmont. Okay. We're watching this race here with this Chad Brown first time starter. They're rounding, rounding the turn here, getting ready to hit the stretch. This Before course is tiny. He went off. Uh, she went off. I'm sorry. At one to two and she's going to have to run to get this horse here. She's, she may, she's, not she's win, I don't think, is she? Oh, this oh, is gosh. Good. She's going to win, maybe. Uh, oh, no. Nope. Ten's got her. Wow. The ten. The ten. Pizza Bianca. Look oh, who went second place. Rosario Bell Curve right there. Yeah. Well, listen, the four, the four here, expand the map for Chad Brown, is a tiny horse. I mean, little. Even for a two year old, little. Mm-hmm. Look at it. Look yeah. at the, the, the run out there. You can see how little she is. Um, all right. Well, the four. Yeah. The Clement horse could eat the four. I mean, and she did. So Was it at the 10, at the 10 ran before? I don't believe so. Are they all first time starters? Let me double check that. Uh, no, I had not. No. Okay. Well, let, I mean, both of those horses, uh, definitely horses to watch. Uh, 10 4 2. We hit the trifecta. That's good. All right. So back to the Haskell. So there's a few points I want to make, and I'm going to kind of ramble, and you can kind of rein me yeah. in, and you can, you can uh, uh, kind of go off of the, these segments. But okay, one, I agree. I'm going to throw out all these different scenarios, all these different situations that I saw, and you tell me what you thought. So, one, it. Pratt's in a tough situation. Obviously, he has to go wide. Midnight Bourbon, like you said, Paco's all over the damn track. He goes out. He comes in. He goes back out. He's trying. He's looking behind him. He's trying. First of all, he's he, he doesn't think he thinks Mandaloon is going to be blocked in still. So he goes out to try to push uh, Flav in and, and Hot Rod further out. And then he realizes, uh oh, Mandaloon has cut the corner. Now he comes back in. So when you're a jockey like Pratt's situation, I'm sure it's very tough to like decide you know where you're gonna go with your horse because the jockey on Midnight Bourbon is all over the damn track. So that's one. I'm not saying like it, it, anything should have changed. I'm just saying like what maybe why it happened. Two, couldn't you argue that Mandaloon should have been DQ'd possibly? I mean, this horse pushes up. This horse. So part of the reason why. Midnight Bourbon got, had to check or didn't check, but and ultimately checked, is because Mandaloon comes in as well and pushes Midnight Bourbon over into behind uh, uh, Hot Rod, who also comes in. So it was like the perfect storm. And, and 
and three, it, it, I feel like we kind of like we've already t- touched on with Midnight Bourbon. It, he ultimately should it should have never happened. You know, I, I it should, Hot Rod should have gone. You know, when he came over, maybe it's reviewed, of course, but he should never have kept. You watch, like you say, he doesn't stop. He just keeps riding, like he's gonna like somehow get through that gap or something. Um, does those are the big takeaways for me? I still stand by Hot Rod. I mean, I think he's ultra talented of this group. I think Mandolin's super talented as well. Obviously, they showed that. Those two are easily horses that you want to look at um, as legit classic contenders. Sounds like Hot Rod's going to go to Pacific Classic next. Do you? So I'll let you digest that. Then I have another question. I I don't think Mandaloon. He did come out. He did kind of start to cause. I mean, he helped cause the problem, but I don't think he was the number one cause of the horse going down. I mean, the uh, Midnight Bourbon kind of had to move position when Mandaloon moved position, but he still he wouldn't have went down unless unless Hot Rod Charlie just you know cut him off, which is what happened. So I don't think Mandaloon should have been taken down. I do think, you, you know, Mandaloon is just a really lucky horse. Like not only does he get up and he gets the win, which I, you know, I justified, but he saved all the ground in the race too. Like he got the perfect setup trip, however you want to call it, where, where hot rod Charlie is, is way wide on the turn. So, I mean, he just got really lucky once again, right? I mean, I, I think he's a pretty darn nice horse, but he just keeps getting, like, everything going his way, basically. So, what, I know you've, you tweeted out after the race, and what, you know, how do you, you know, stand now? Like, do you think, um, let's see, how do I want to ask this? Like, do you, like, so the, obviously there's a no whip rule at, at Monmouth Park, meaning... They don't have whips. Whips sometimes are very useful to help guide a horse one way or another. You know, hit them with the left to go right, right, vice versa. So, do you think if this would have, do you think this would have ever happened had Flavian Pratt been able to have a whip and to, once he kind of came in? Because it's obvious that once he comes, like it, they're herd animals, he's he immediately goes right down to Mandaloon. If he can correct him, hit him with the left once or twice to kind of keep him out of that path. Do you think? Uh, that would have you know would have ultimately resolved the issue. Well, I, issue. I think I have a little bit different view than than a lot of people. I don't know. Maybe a lot of people did watch that whole card, but uh, you know, you watch Monmouth day in and day out, like I do. It it really is turning into bumper cars down the stretch. I mean, these horses are hanging around each other. Um, you know, they're they're like like Hot Rod Charlie, for example, like almost blows the not he didn't really blow the turn but he just swings out way wide it's it's like they don't have that reminder of hey don't do that don't do this and when they do act up uh one way or the other you you you, do, you can't correct them as quickly in my opinion as you if you could if you had the whip now would flavian pratt he said he would have used the whip to help correct hot rod charlie in the stretch i i'll say okay i mean what is he really going to say um, I will say John Velasquez, who has no dog in the fight and really hasn't since the start at Monmouth, has been against this, and he's kind of analyzed. He's like, yeah, one one little left-handed tap. Uh, he said it's not even like a, you have to strike him with it, just a little reminder yeah, on the shoulder. Reminder. Yeah, and he probably corrects him. Um, it, it's a horrid, horrid rule that does not need to be there. It just simply does not. It's absolutely terrible. 
Um, and like I said, every race in the stretch at Monmouth is just a circus. It really is. So this was no different. I hate that it ruined a great race. I do still think it was avoidable, even without the, the whip. I, like I said, I've kind of documented that earlier. I, I still think, I don't really know what Paco was doing, not not pulling the horse up just backwards. But anyway, it doesn't matter. It, it didn't help the situation. It probably could have avoided it, you know, uh, whether Flavian would have done that or not, I who knows. But yeah, I, I think the whip and the, and not having a you know the use of the whip certainly it, it contributed to this whole mess with, without a question. So obviously, I mean, it happened. It's unfortunate. It's bad luck. I think he's like you said, like it was definitely shaping up to. It could have possibly been you know one of the races of the year yep. uh, as far as of a stretch run. It seemed like those two were about to go down. Um, so that kind of ruined that. Obviously it happened. We don't, we both are sitting here saying it sucks, but it, you had to, that, that given what happened, you had to DQ him. What do you do moving forward? Obviously two really good horses, um, who finished one, two, ultimately finished one, two, um, at least who crossed the line first one, two, what do you do with these horses? I mean, do you still think hot rod, um, is, is kind of the, the most logical non-essential quality uh, contender to win the classic from the three-year-olds. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I come away from this race and think, well, he's still that number two horse behind essential quality. It's really hard to know who's much better man, a lunar hot rod, Charlie based solely on this race. Because again, like I said, when horses come together at Monmouth, they stick together. So we don't know. Maybe if they both had whips and Mandaloon would have responded and beat him. Maybe Hot Rod would have won by three. It's a question we don't have the answer to because a horse, they like to run in packs and they run and they, they, they come together and they run in together. And if you don't have that reminder or that urging, the extra urging, maybe I should say, to move away from this horse, you're probably just going to stick with them. And guess what? That's what they do there. So I don't mm-hmm. really think you can take this race and say, Mandaloon's way better. Hot Rod Charlie's way better. Um, I think you could say, okay, they're they're both really good. And based on previous races that we've seen, I think the ceiling for Hot Rod Charlie is a little higher than Mandaloon. But based on that one race, I don't I don't have any comment on 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 who's better than the other. I tell you what, you know, Hot Rod just is, you know, he, he's really turning into being one of the most reliable horses out there i mean he just he's so gutty he brings it every time you know like you know you were kind of upset with how far back he was early in the race which i was too and but yet you he still brought it he still brought it he got to the top of the stretch he's in the lead he's constantly coming he, you know whether they're running a mile and 16th or a mile and a half he's coming he's right there he's he's a he's a gutty horse and i just hope that you know it seems like he's the kind of horse that deserves some sort of luck coming his way because he's ran too good to really all year um you know you forget about the back in whatever march the stamp was it the uh robert b lewis mm-hmm. i guess that would have been february um you know he just he ran a really good race that day you know but it was off the layoff he ran a good race obviously in louisiana derby and then he ran a good race in the Dur- kentucky derby he ran a great race in the belmont it's just like he runs he just isn't really getting getting rewarded for it yet so it'd be it'd be great to you know whether it be the pacific classic or maybe the wait just waits and says you know what i'll just go ahead and win the, the breeders cup classic and everyone's gonna count me out i'll be like 10 to 1 
because he probably screw up something in the breeder in the Pacific Classic, and then uh, then he goes and wins uh, the Breeders' Cup Classic. I, I'll say this: if you if you like Hot Rod Charlie and Mandalude coming into that race, you have to like him coming out. I mean, they both ran very well, um, and if you didn't like either one of them, I don't know how you don't kind of like either one of them coming out of it. I mean, they both kicked well clear of the rest of that field, right? So. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, he hot rod deserved to win that race. You could, you could say he ran a Belmont race. that was, was deserving to win. And listen, he's going to go to the Pacific classic next that group out there. I know it's facing older and everybody is so obsessed with the three-year-old facing older and how hard it's going to be. Those horses are trash out there in California. And if he doesn't face any kind of shipper, if nothing comes in, he should win. I mean, there's really not going to be an excuse this time. He should win the Pacific Classic if he's that kind of horse. Well, it seems like we're going to get some more answers on the, the uh, Breer's Cup Classic uh, in terms of uh, you know the Whitney coming up at Saratoga, yep. obviously. I mean, holy hell, it's shaping up to be a hell of a race. Max Field, Nick's go, and the Philly now. Well, the mayor, I guess. Uh <laughs> With skydiver, you know, it's like uh, yeah. kind of had, had an issue uh, with not being able to run. Now she's running, and now you're running in the Whitney. So um, she's obviously beat the boys before. This will be a different kind of test for her, but uh, that'll be one hell of a race. It's something to look forward to. <laughs> That's for sure. It's going to be a she's- hell of a hell of a time. Yeah, next go Maxfield, uh, Swiss skydiver. Uh, nobody's even talking about Silver State, the horse that hasn't lost in forever. Um, he's going to that race as well. So, jeez, yeah, get your popcorn yeah. ready for that. That's oh, gonna shit, be man. It's gonna be a hell. That's that's the race of the year, in my opinion. Um, I, yeah, other than I like, mean, I've, I mean, I've been ranking like obviously Maxfield one in the classic in the Breeders' Cup classic rankings we do for the Breeders' Cup. Like Maxfield, obviously Nick's go is pretty high on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, Silver State is a high on my list. I mean, obviously, Swiss got Arizona on there right now, but hell, she wins this, she will be. So, I mean, this, like, this is like legit horses that are legit could and just same as like. So, we got uh, the Haskell and, of course, this race uh, that have legit contenders and, of course, such a quality. So, we'll, we'll see him here pretty soon as well yep. at Saratoga. So, it's all shaping up, but uh, the Haskell, Mandaloon wins the race. Hot Rod finishes last officially. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I would have told you that before the race, you would have said, "What the hell happened?" Well, <laughs> I probably happened. hey, if you would have told me that, I probably would have said, "Well, he 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 got DQ'd." <laughs> <laughs> and you would have been right, or he fell, you know. <laughs> so, well, what he didn't fall, but another horse did. I mean, right, shit, yeah. man, like it's uh, it, just uh, just a race that you really can't you. You couldn't even draw. You couldn't even make it up how that race kind of <laughs> unfolded, and, and yeah. it, it, just unbelievable. But we'll see how these horses move out of this race and how legit they are moving forward. <laughs> All right, Saturday's main event at Saratoga. It's so main that they moved the race to race five because only four horses have entered race five. The Coaching Club American Oaks CCA Oaks Grade One worth half a million dollars, going a mile and an eighth for three-year-old fillies, and of course. I mean, four horses in the race, and you got two to five on mile thought. The unbeaten filly for Todd Pletcher, of course, the winner of the Kentucky Yokes. Last time we saw her, she's won five in a row. She's never lost. She ran a huge race in the Yokes. Here she is uh, showing up here at Saratoga, a place that sometimes can be dangerous for a horse like her that uh, seemingly cannot be beat, and she shows up to Saratoga. So what do you think of this race? It's not much to think, right? It's all about her. 
you know, she should romp and it shouldn't be close because other than Clarier, the uh, four horse who's at nine to five, I mean, and we kind of know what Clarier is now. I feel like after a couple races, after leaving the fairgrounds, like she is what she is. She's not awful. She's not great. Like Malthot should win this race going away under wraps. When, when you draw up a scenario of, okay, how does Malathot lose? Like, how are we going to upset her in the coaching club? I kind of thought all along, if a horse, if it's a short field and a horse gets out on the lead and gets loose, maybe, you know, she just can't quite catch her. Well, you get here and it's like, okay, four horses are entered. All right, check. Small field. Good job. She, that, like, there's no speed in the race. Like, Malathot might be in front in this race. It kind of reminds me of, like, when essential quality – and uh, I can't even think of the brown horse's name now that you had uh, in the uh, bluegrass when they drew in, and they're not really oh, highly motivated. Yeah, highly motivated. Yeah. They're not really speed horses. They're kind of sit mid pack, but they were on the lead because there was just no speed. Yeah, that's what this is. I think Malathot sits perfect spot. I think she just kind of gallops along with the rest of these, and when they say okay, time to kick clear, she does, and she does pretty easily. I mean, if you want to try to play Clarier. I mean, good luck. I, I don't know. I don't think this horse is capable. Um, but you want to play Clarier. Here's one thing. You know she's better than the two or the three. And you just you play Clarier and you get double, maybe triple the price of Malathot. And you just root that Malathot doesn't show up. And then Clarier is going to win by, you know, four or five links. So I get if you want to try to go against Malathot. I'm not going to do it. I think she's an easy single. I mean, I think she just kind of romps here. Yeah, she's uh, she's kind of a beast. I mean, we're talking mm-hmm. million dollar horse, showing that she is a million dollar horse. Um, you know, she wasn't like she. You know, search results ran huge in the Kentucky Oaks, but she, you know, Malthot found a way to win and and just really was gutty that day. And she just like I say, she you know she dominated her first few races, then she ran back. You know, three straight uh, greatest stakes races, include two straight uh, Grade Ones, and just find ways to win i it just seems like more more than anything it's just a, a this is like okay we need it we you know we've been training her she hasn't ran since the uh, the oaks in april uh you know i guess it's technically april you know beginning of may and uh you know she needs a race so do you think because you know there was talks right of her going to uh the belmont <clears throat> at one point do you think that you know, a, a nice little romping effort by her here. Do we see her in the Travers? I would advise against that with essential quality uh, hanging in the balance. Now, if something was to happen and he, he doesn't come back very strong or, or he's going to miss the race, then maybe toy with it. But no, I think Malthought, I'm looking this race, then go to the Alabama where she'll probably face a much stiffer challenge and plus the added distance. And just try that and then go from there. I, I do not think the Travers is going to be the move they go with her. I, I just, I don't see it happening. Seems I wouldn't personally, but I, you know, given her, you know, considering we, she's been discussed in the past, but you know, going against the boys, um, it, it definitely adds intrigue to me. She's a distaff, you know, just get her to the breeders cup distaff. I mean, that to me, that's a, that's the kind of horse she is. And then if she want to try the boys next year, with her, then that's when you do it. But I think, like you say, especially if essential quality is looming there, um, and you know, obviously the Travers, no joke, it's going to be a good race. It always is. Uh, you're going to have. <laughs> it's not like that to me. You know, especially going the extra distance with her. Maybe you try that a different day. But <clears throat> yeah. mouth that to me. 
I mean, there's nothing really to gain out of this race for her other than just she needs a paid workout. And it's a half a million dollar race. And it's a grade one. I mean, she's going to get a grade one win here and not get out of second gear, probably. I mean, I don't know. I guess Clary Air might make her run a bit, but not not much. Well, I mean, look at, I mean, you think about this this race. I mean, like Songbird, Abel Tasman, Monomoy Girl, uh, I mean, Guano and you know, Paris Lights, but Monomoy, Abel, Songbird, all extremely, extremely good. I mean, this race produces, you know, Eclipse Award winners. No doubt about yeah. it. So even yeah. though it's a four-horse field, it's a very weak four-horse field aside from the top horse, it, it does still hold that weight because if you win the CCA Oaks, it is a huge, huge part uh, on your, you know, on your resume. Um, so, you know, winning this race, even though it's only three other horses she's got to beat, you win the CCA Oaks. It's a grade one. It's at Saratoga. It's a huge race. So uh, mm-hmm. you and I both on Malathot. Who isn't on number one Malathot here? We're looking for her to romp. She's an easy single. <laughs> Time for Rapid Fire presented by Racing Dudes Premium. Go to RacingDudes.com right now and go click the big button on the top of the page to get Racing Dudes Premium. To access all our premium content at RacingDudes.com, you can now get Soma Bombs and Ricky's Rockets all included there on the products page to help you cash in big. And, of course, our Racing Dudes Premium standard premium picks are on there as well. Everything you want, you can get weather updates, you can get wagering calculator. It's all on the dashboard Racing Dudes Premium at RacingDudes.com. All right, let's go. Let's go a day earlier at Saratoga on Friday. Race 9, the Lake George Stakes, grade 3, worth 150K for Phillies. Three-year-olds going one mile on the turf. And this is probably the race of the weekend, really, at both Saratoga and Del Mar. Ten horses in the field. And basically pick your Chad Brown. You know, you've got options here. Chad Brown, and then you got a nice little Pletcher in there as well. Where I mean, what angle did you go with here? Because I feel like you could take several. Yeah, you definitely can. I, I did take one of the Chad Brown angles, and I, I went with the number six horse, Amy C, on top. Uh, last time out, first time in this country. And, you know, kind of dropped back towards the back of the pack and, and made a nice little swooping move move to win up at Belmont Park. Irad Ortiz was aboard that day, aboard again today. So I think that's a pretty good sign. Obviously, it usually is. But... Yeah, I mean, you can go a hundred different ways here. Uh, I, I certainly think ah, there's ten horses entered. I could make a case for seven of them, probably. Um, but I thought this horse for Chad Brown looked a little bit better than his other entries. I'm a little afraid of the five jouster, but there is some other speed in the race that maybe softens her up a bit. But she's also cutting back, so. I can see it. I mean, I, I, I'm afraid of a few in here, but I'm going to take a shot with number six, Amy C. Uh, yeah, I mean, to me, that was the one. Uh, <clears throat> that was the one Chad Brown that I was most interested in, Amy C. I'm a little nervous. Just I, I just don't know. You know, I feel like you know we got burned pretty bad with um, shit. What was who was the horse that uh, that that you picked? Uh- yeah and it just you know has like she kind of had i mean i know she's a three-year-old uh but she has that look to me like a horse like ran a big race you know i was like what the hell where was that you know keelan would never pocket score was awesome and then she was not not been good so i'm wondering i'm like kind of like taking taking a wait and see with amy c although i do understand why you would use her especially at nine to two uh jouster for me is the horse i want to use here i i get that there's speed and that was part of the reason at first why i was like well let's try to beat her 
But I just, you know, to get it going on the cutback, listening to, to, to what Pletcher has been saying, like, yeah, you know, she's been training awesome. We wanted to do the cutback. She finally gets the cutback. She's one for one at the distance. Uh, the last time she ran at this distance, she had ran at a mile 16th, and then she just barely got beat, cut her back. She was loaded that day. Um, I, to me, that's this, the spot. She goes and runs at a mile and eighth. She runs a good race. She just gets caught. Luis Saez is back on board. Obviously, a huge horse, you know, $360,000 purchase. This horse is going to be fast. Just her numbers that kind of tower over what Amy C's done. And so to me, I think Jouster is easily the one to beat. I think she's going to be on the lead, and I don't think they'll be able to catch her. At least that's the hope, right? The nice thing about this race yeah. is that you, you you have so many options that the prices are kind of where you want them on all of them. That's right. Yeah, I mean, you're going to get a price no matter who you pick. You get Jouster 7 to 2 on the morning line. I wouldn't even be surprised if Jouster floats up a little bit because I think these Browns are going to take money. Um, yeah, so, yeah, you're going to get price on whoever you want here. I, you know, just one more. That demo dog, the the rail horse at twelve to one. That horse is interesting. I know the connections aren't, you know, flashy for Saratoga, but that horse is pretty interesting. I I would keep an eye on that one. Twelve to one is a pretty nice price. So, but you're gonna get your price, and you, you're gonna get, like I said, name your angle, <laughs> go with it, and uh, yeah, I mean. Hope, hope to get lucky because that's what it's going to take to win this one. <laughs> you're going to need a trip and you're uh, going to need some luck. Yeah, the Dima Dog is a is an AP horse, and then uh, I kind of like I looked a long time at the two Runaway Rumor. Mm -hmm. I, I it's a it's a it's a New York bred, so that's kind of the concern. Of course, you know she did go in open company in the Wild Applause and won. This horse hasn't been beat. That's kind of the deal. Like you know she's I mean, she's and you know Flintshire, right? you know soft spot in my heart for Flintshire. Yeah. Um, being the sire, but you know, six to one, she has never lost. She's proven that she can beat open company. It is another step up. It is a New York bred, but to me, she's super interesting at a price, especially if she sits there at around six to one. Um, cause like you say, you've got all these Chad Browns, you've got Jouster in here. You, you know, you've got pretty much all the connections. You think that, you know, some of these horses that you like at a price might be worth playing because I mean, shit, if, they, if she wins, it's not going to be shocking. She's never lost. So um, I'm on number five jouster for my top pick, but I would play as deep as you can in here um, to try to get through this leg. Right, let's move back to Saratoga Saturday. Race 10, the Caress Stakes, grade three with 200K for Phillies and Mares, four-year-olds and up, going five and a half furlongs on the turf. Nice little turf sprint action here. Of course, you know, being the CCA Oaks, being early card, this is kind of the headline, so to speak, card on terms of the late uh, sequences field of six shows up here and you got seven to five on the one caravel and six to five on the two your favorite horse robin sparkles so which one did you go with man i cannot go against robin sparkles i love this horse i pick this horse every single time she rarely disappoints mm -hmm. she ran a race last time out at belmont that was one of the best turf sprints i've ever seen she was awesome she went fast early and then flew home late I love Robin Sparkles. I'm going with her. Listen, this is a tough race, though. There's no question. This is going to be a tough race. Uh, Caravelle is a horse on that inside. It's going to be tough, going to give her trouble. But I'm not going to go against my girl, Robin Sparkles. I kind of think she's got the speed to get away from the one early and make it really tough for the one to run her down late. So uh, Robin Sparkles for me. Boy, yeah. I, I, I went into this knowing you were about to – I mean, you're picking Robin Sparkles, so I knew that. Um yeah. She and obviously she that race last time out was unbelievable. Um, she ran a huge race and deserves to be in this spot. To me, 
I'm afraid. I, my hope is that she gets softened up enough because that one ran a really good race last time out. And again, it wasn't Monmouth mm-hmm. Park, um, but that horse ran huge. And you get to the services of Irad now jumping on board. And with, with the two in here, and of course, a lot, I mean, the three, I mean, it's a turf sprint, so they're going to show a lot of speed. Um, the six likes to go, uh, you know, there's a lot of speed in here where you think if, if getting Irad on and, and if the one can stay somewhat close and have some, some sort of kick late, you know, four for four at this distance, uh, the one is. So to me, I mean, to me, it's like, I would be fine with playing the one and two and moving moving on in this league because I don't I find it, find a hard press. It's like either the one the two is going to hold on, or I think the one's going to catch her. I really think it's that simple. But I like the one Caravel. All right, let's go to Del Mar on Saturday. Race eight, two st- two stakes races to talk about. Race eight, the Eddie Reed Stakes Grade Two with two fifty k for three year olds and up, going one one eighth miles on the turf. Field of seven shows up for this one, led by the nine to five. Morning line favorite, smooth like straight from Mike McCarthy and Rispoli. They got, uh, I mean, you've got options here if you're not going to go there because you got United at five to two, say the word at three to one, count again at five to one, award winner at eight to one. I mean, really, most of the field is playable here. What do you think? I've gotten to where I've fallen in love with number six, smooth like straight. I, I, I think this horse is just so damn good. And I just love a California horse that can go face better outside that of that state. And he totally has done that. I mean, this horse finished within a neck of domestic spending and Colonel Liam. So I'm not going to play against him out in California here where he likes to run really well. Uh, Smooth like straight for me. Uh, You know, I I thought about United for a while, but I thought, you know what? I think smooth like straight is just in better form right now. I'm going to go with him. I know. Listen, I'm like, that was to me was like, that, I mean, I, I wanted to pick Smooth Like Straight pure, purely because of the effort in the Turf Classic, right? Like, the horse, like I say, would almost beat those two horses in the amazing race. And, and then, of course, rebounds off of that and wins the Great One Shoemaker. So I get it. No doubt about it. Deserves to be the favorite. I, I'm a sucker for United. I just, I just, I, I can't get past it. I don't know why. The horse likes this distance. Obviously, a horse likes Del Mar as well. You know, the horse is so, and, and Magic can really attest to it, but, like, the horse is, like, will run, like, a 102 buyer and then follow with an 88. And then 102, <laughs> 90. 103, you know, like, it just keeps going back and forth. So the horse is due, right? They ran an 88 buyer last time out, finished fourth. Uh, going a mile and a quarter. I think this distance is a little bit better for the horse. Pratt, obviously, on board. Uh, so, I mean... No, you don't need to say much about United, but United to me, I, I'm going to take my shot against maybe the distance. It just proves to be just a touch too much for the six horse. United can, uh, can get it done. So I'm a number two United. And finally, race 10 in the San Clemente Stakes, grade two or 200K for Phillies. Three-year-olds going one mile on the turf field of 12 lines up here. And another horse that Pratt's on at four to five, a very heavy favorite. Number two, going global. Are you going to try to beat this three-year-old filly? I am not. I think this one's pretty darn good. I think this could be like the next smooth like straight in regards to the fact that this horse could go outside of California and still win big races on the turf. Going global, four four wins in a row. I mean, last time out was the strongest of, of any of them yet. Uh, only question mark, and I will go a little deeper in this spot than I will in in the uh, in the last race we talked about. Only question mark 
this is a different track from Santa Anita. Del Mar, sometimes those horses that come to Santa Anita and are, that come from Santa Anita have been running well with that turf course. They don't run quite as well at Del Mar. I think you do have a potential for an upset because of that fact. But uh, in the end, I do think going, go, glo- going global is just, a, uh, you know, on talent is just better. I do wonder, not this, I mean, she's like, she's never been beat over here in the United States, but you kind of wonder if longer is a little bit better for the horse. The horse has been ran better numbers mm-hmm. um, and looked a little bit more flashy in those last two at a mile and eighth. So I guess if there's an opportunity to beat her, you know, it'd be like she she runs her race and can't catch, you, you know, name the horse, you know, whether it be the, the five or the six or, you know, that, those would be unlikely. But someone that gets out in the front and, uh, you know, the 10, uh, you know, according to our trackside reporter, the 12 closing remarks, magic, well, this horse is scratching. So um, don't use the 12. Uh, yeah, he made sure to tell me. But, uh, no, you know, the closing remarks is the horse I looked at a little bit because... You know, it ran well, but guess who keeps beating the horse? Going global. So I think going global is the one to beat, but I'm with you. I'm not necessarily at a spot where I'm going to single, even though he's sitting there or she's sitting there at four to five. I think you try to beat her. Use her, but you try to beat her as well if she doesn't maybe uh, doesn't maybe fire or the distance, maybe she just gets caught or she can't catch whoever's up in front. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, thank you, Magic. Magic says, "What about our steel mate at twenty to one lone speed?" I know, and that's the thing. The pricing, the prices are going to be so good in this race that it almost makes sense for the, the six or someone to go. You know, it's almost like you know, Demano is like, "Okay, you know, we got two. One will be go out, and the other one, you know, try to catch her." You never know. Um, so I would, I would try to play a few of the front end. Um, you know, some of the horses that show a little more speed, but definitely play the two as well, going global. I, you know, with the lone speed angle, just real quick, I, I have a hard time thinking that horse is going to get a, a good trip on the front end. With this many horses entered, and, like, the one has a little bit of speed, the three might show a little bit, the 11 might show a little bit. I, I'm just worried that this is going to be totally different ball game for her today oh totally i mean going global should win i mean there's no doubt about it um to me if there's any speed in the race it should be cheap speed but you know you kind you kind of wonder if like say yeah i don't know like if you if you want to look at buyers only you know the six like we talked about the stablemate ran an 84 buyer last time out going wire to wire at santanita of course that was at six furlongs you know, when this horse went going global, ran at six for a long, or when it ran at a mile, was an 84 buyer as well. Then the horse jumps up almost 10 points when the horse stretches out. So maybe the horse just got better. Maybe the horse likes to go longer. You know, maybe this is a, uh, just need the horse to run. You know, we haven't seen this horse since May. We'll find out. But I still think class alone, she's good enough to win here. Um, so that's why number two going global seems to make the most sense. <laughs> So all the time we have, check us out at RacingDudes.com for our free picks and our premium selections on our products page. Click the Racing Dudes premium button at RacingDudes.com to learn more about all our premium products. Again, Summer Bombs and Ricky's Rockets both available as well on that page. RacingDudes.com is your destination site for all free horse racing picks for all major horse racing tracks. Of course, Saratoga and Del Mar included. We're on Twitter at RacingDudes, Instagram and Facebook. Listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, or even website at RacingDudes.com. Uh, we are before the Magic Mike Show, so stay tuned uh, here in, what is it, an hour, an hour and a half. Uh, the Magic Mike Show, doing Del Mar late pick four. So if you want more in- intel uh, on as far as what we just talked about at Del Mar, stay tuned and listen to Magic himself. He'll be on to talk a little bit about um, that sequence. Uh, final thoughts, 
Mr. Halterman? Well, I think I think we've got a really good uh, weekend coming up here, and then it, it really gets crazy. The Jim Dandy next weekend, and also the Vanderbilt. Oh, those are two very good races. And then, like I said, the Whitney going to be the race of the year so far, other than maybe the, the Triple Crown races, obviously. So, uh, yeah, great to have Saratoga and Del Mar back and running. It's just been fun. I just, I, you know, it's just it just adds something extra when it's Saratoga. And like we were talking today, Ricky was like, well, you know, the, the seventh race and the 10th race, that's a Belmont type of race, but it doesn't matter. It's better because it's in Saratoga instead of Belmont. So, uh, yeah, just excited to have everything back and I'm ready to get back up there, man. In a couple of weeks. We'll be back. What'd you think of, uh, what'd you think of wit? Wit, uh, gosh, really special horse you know really good very early could be some more definitely will be some more challengers but right now he's he's very special to to be able to win as a two-year-old from off the pace this early uh is is really really impressive so i i like wit a lot i i think he's going to be very very tough moving forward is he your way too early pick to win the kentucky derby yeah for sure i mean we, we probably know 12 percent of the crop right now he's head and shoulders better than anything else listen i thought headline report ran a pretty good race like that was like the type of race that usually wins the sanford and wit passed that horse like he was an absolute mule because he is a mule compared to wit that horse is is freakishly talented and wit has taken over the lead here and wit is pouring it on here in the stretch wit has opened up on headline report it is wit the leader headline report in second and it will be wit to win the 106th running of the sanford stakes and he did it decisively and he's got a great mind, obviously. Now, obviously, he doesn't break from the gate all that well, but to, <laughs> but to not Clearly. break, but not rush up at that age and just kind of, you know, rush up and try to catch him early, it's really impressive that he's able to just kind of sit back and pounce. So I'm I'm impressed with Wit uh, so far, no doubt. Well, that's two straight efforts where the horse didn't break well, waited, then came, and then the, as the horse got, you know, as the horse was finishing the race, it, he only looked better. You know, it just yeah. continued to get better. I, that's why I thought he might get beat in the Sanford because it's like, yeah, he, he he can't break like that again. He really didn't show a lot of maturity early, like as far as the gate goes, uh, you know. And I thought, yeah, Sanford better horses, he'll get beat. And even like when he broke and it's like mid, like up the backside, I'm like, yeah, I don't think he's gonna win. Like he just, you don't see horses win the Sanford from where he's sitting. And I'm like, mm. yeah, I don't think he's going to. And then like on the turn, it's like, yeah, he's gonna win by eight. Like that, I, that was, I don't know what I was thinking. That was stupid. And he did. He just galloped home. He's he's really really good. Now again, it's very it's so early, but at this point, there's nobody that can beat him. Yeah, he he and he look like and maybe he's one of those that, that that blooms too early. But he definitely right now looks like the part. Like he's a big, nicely. He might be. I think he's bigger than that Chad Brown horse we just talked about <laughs> earlier. No doubt about that it. That Chad Brown horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. He looks good. Like he really yeah. looks the part, and all. I mean, it hits all the boxes right now. But yeah, like you said, it's way too early. But yeah, Wit was awesome, and of course, it's Saratoga, man. So we're gonna continue to see great performances and and big time horses emerge, like not just two year olds. Um, but some of these horses kind of uh, cement themselves as, you know, we're going to see it next week or two weeks in the Whitney. So uh, stay tuned, of course. RacingDudes.com have all your coverage. I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. Good luck this weekend. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your
all of your needs, RacingDudes.com for all of your leads, RacingDudes.com for all of your bets, RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. <laughs>